the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know that 1 plus 1 is 2, and 2 plus 2 is 4, and 4,782 plus 4,782 is 9,564. But did you know that there's a guy so smart, he can do all those calculations in his head? Well, at least maybe the first two. Please welcome your whiz kid of the airwaves, Eric Metaxas! Hey, folks, welcome to the program. Last month, uh, I was at AmFest in Phoenix with Charlie Kirk and the gang, and most of the people involved in the Letter to the American Church documentary were there. We thought it would be fun to have a roundtable discussion to kind of whet your appetite for what's in the film, Letter to the American Church, dropping February 8th. Uh, So we were with John Amanchukwu, Victor Marks, and his wife, Elaine Marks, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy. Uh, it really was just a, an interesting conversation and we were having it. I thought we've got to play this on the radio program. So here's the conversation uh, from AmFest last month uh, centered around letter to the American church. Here it is. So we are here to have a roundtable discussion uh, loosely based around uh, my book and the film letter to the American Church. I'm joined by some friends who are all in the film. Victor Marks, Eileen Marks, thank you. Where's Groucho? Thank you. Uh, Pastor Rob McCoy uh, and John Amanchukwu. So why don't we just throw out kind of a basic question. Where, what is the, the climate spiritually, politically today within the American Church? You are the pastor of a church. I'll start with you, Pastor Rob. Thanks, Eric. Well, uh, the, the the condition of the church, in my estimation, is that we abdicated the public square a little over 50 years ago, and we're reaping what we've been sowing. Uh, the church was indoctrinated or inculcated with this idea that, that the church isn't supposed to be involved in politics, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. The church is to be in the center of the ecclesia, uh, the public square, contending for the wise restraints that would allow our neighbors to be set free. And if we love our neighbors ourselves, that's our job. So uh, there is an awakening with a remnant that's occurring right now after we went through the um, tyrannical lockdowns. Uh, and um, and they're waking up to that. And, and the last thing is a number of younger pastors, a lot like Martin Niemöller with Bonhoeffer, <clears throat> They did it wrong at the beginning, but they're they're now fully on board to do it right if if this comes up again. So it's kind of exciting. We have over three thousand partner churches with TPUSA Faith, and that's that's a result of pastors waking up. John, you're also a pastor. Yes. Do you go by Pastor John? John works. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just uh, first of all I want to thank you for wearing a double-breasted jacket. 
as it says in the memo, guys. That's right. Um, no, seriously, <laughs> so you, you have been uh, you have been outrageously, beautifully outspoken yeah. um, as a pastor, uh, as a father. What, what is your sense of where we are now in the nation and in the church? I think in many ways the church is afraid of confrontation. There it is. They're more comfortable sitting in the seat of neutrality. Um, we're comfortable with apathy. We think that the role of exposing darkness is left for someone else to do. Um, we now have shepherds who are afraid of their sheep uh, when shepherds are called to lead sheep. And so we're in a bad place. You know, I do believe that there is a remnant that will not bow. I do believe that there will be a great revival. But we do see in Scripture that there will also be a falling away. And so this falling away or standing aloof has been the impetus for what's going on today. But I think that now more than ever, we must proclaim truth boldly. We must stand tall in the halls of government and we must engage the culture to stand tall as well. Good word. Why didn't you talk to him first? His was way better. Yeah, that was. That was definitely better. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just so, it's extraordinary to me because I think that people are inspired by both of you. I've been inspired by both of you. And I know that there are people who are watching what you're doing, seeing you on social media or, or in person, who are inspired to speak out. That's part of why we're doing this, is that when you hear people speak out, you go, okay, maybe I need to speak up. Um, Victor and Eileen, what's your sense? Well, I have witnessed... Um, our country go down. I was born in the 60s, and I think both coming from divorced families, to me, I see the family unit has been falling apart since the 60s. And as a woman, women are like thrown into this chaos. They don't know where to stand um, because the leadership especially in the church, has abdicated its role. So women are being pushed out to the front. There's out of order. So mm -hmm. I see so much chaos going on in, with women. And, it's, and it is on the men. It's on the pastors, on the leadership. So that's, that's what I've been witnessing. It is, it's interesting to me that you, uh, Victor, and you, John Amanchuku, you, you come across as very manly men in the public sphere. Why you'll you'll why notice you I'm leaving me? Rob out yeah. of it. You'll notice. Heard on the inside. We're going to edit that out. No, but it, it, it is it is interesting that, generally speaking, we live in a culture. The, the culture has been feminized, but the church in particular yes. has been so feminized. And um, a lot of pastors feel that they have some mandate that I've got to always be nice and smiley. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to understand that. Part of being a shepherd means being a warrior. They don't get that. You, you've been a warrior in various contexts. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with what everyone's saying, but particular to that, I think the church has, they've gone too far in the realm of grace without the balance of grit. And that makes for a weak church. I, I tell folks when I speak, I'm not a, I'm not a nice person. <laughs> uh, ask ISIS. But... I'm a kind person. That's my goal. Because nice people will do things because they want something, including pastors. They'll be nice to the congregants because they want to build their church. And uh, But kind people 
will do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Because don't give a nice person what they want, and you'll see who and what they really are. I always think of the the scripture, not, not the scripture, sorry, from the Narnia Chronicles, when you have, um, you know, they're asking, is, is Aslan, who's the type of Christ, is he a tame lion? And the answer is no, but he's good. And that's kind of interesting, right? Because you, you have a lot of um, shepherds, they seem to have gotten the memo that I'm supposed to be nice, I'm supposed to be tame. Uh, and that's not that's not biblical. It's that's really not God's idea of manhood. We're supposed to be good. Um, but sometimes that means being fierce. Um, John, when you go in front of those school board meetings and you read the passages from these just deeply offensive, horrifying books, there's a boldness that comes over you. But you wouldn't be able to be there if you weren't bold. Exactly. You know, when we have this conversation around being kind and being nice, we also have to consider uh, the fact that we're called to be faithful. You know, we're all waiting for a well done, thou good and faithful servant. Right. And so faithfulness is the thing that we should be seeking to become, to be faithful in the kingdom. And a faithful Christian is not going to sit back and allow transgenders and um, schools to set up drag queen story time Mm -hmm. and not say anything about it. You you, you can't be faithful and look the other way. You can't be faithful and witness blacks be positioned in the public school system as victims and whites be labeled as inherently racist. Right. Regardless of the fact, you have to say something about that. And so I engage every school board from the heart of the issue. And the fact is this, that we have moved away from God because society wants to become secular. This is a plan that has been taking place for decades. This didn't happen overnight. In 1962, when Madeleine O'Hare, a wicked witch, who's probably in the hottest part of hell today, when she lobbied to remove prayer from the public school system, zero Christian organizations came forward to bring a brief to silence her and to stop her. The church was silent then, and the church is silent today, but we need more faithful warriors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
For more than 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider standing behind their values and their exceptional service. They're an example of putting the cause ahead of profits, and it's why I am proud to partner with them. Starting today, Patriot Mobile is extending their Black Friday deal to the Every Friday Matters deal, and you can get a free smartphone when you switch today. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, our veterans and first responders, and more. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your existing phone, or for a limited time, get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT and use promo code FRIDAY76. Again, get a free smartphone with promo code FRIDAY76. This is a limited time offer. Join me, make the switch today. patriotmobile.com slash metaxas or call 972-PATRIOT. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Just the other night, I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. We now continue the roundtable discussion I had last month in Phoenix about Letter to the American Church. In the book, I reference how in the 50s, uh, one of the most corrupt politicians in the history of the United States, Lyndon Baines Johnson, as a senator, a bum from Texas, he brought into the uh, IRS code that churches, uh, if churches got political at all, their 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 tax exempt status would be revoked. Mm-hmm. And they let it go. It's, it's the same thing. Was, here's a moment for the church to stand. So this is now 70 years ago. And the American church somehow at that time, uh, it was not in warrior mode. Then you come to the 60s, something happens. So this has been going on and on and on. And wh- what, what caused me to write the book in a sense is I thought, where did the church get the idea that we're not supposed to be political. It's not even a biblical, it's not a biblical idea. Uh, and But somehow it's like most of the American church drank that Kool-Aid and isn't even questioning it. Um, and it affects, it affects life. I got to ask you, Rob, you really have been a warrior in this. What, ca- what caused you to speak up when so many were not? I mean, is that just who you are or did something happen in your life or in your church what caused you to become the kind of pastor that you are now? That's a, that's a very kind question. I, I, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but my parents were very politically active. And so my dad ran for office. My mother was president of Republican Women. We walked precincts. I, I met Reagan when I was 10, got his autograph. 
um, so I, I was I was raised participating in community long before I knew the scripture that says love your neighbors yourself and and um, and and then I was surrounded by men and women who had served in the armed forces. Uh, I remember Admiral James Stockdale at our Christmas party, and we had to his leg was fused, so we had to set it up so no one would trip over his leg in the Christmas party. Captain James Stark, his left arm was fused. He set it in a bar in in, in the prison cell in the Hanoi Hilton when he ejected out of his A6 compound fracture. And these men had had served and struggled. And so I was I was raised with them as it as examples. My godfather was the highest ranking survivor of the attack on Pearl Harbor. He was 99 years young. He died at 100, but he was a lieutenant on the USS Casson. So that was inspirational to me. I love this country. And then when I came to the Lord and saw the connection between the two, I couldn't understand why the church was silent. Yeah. I, I was baffled. I, I, Calvary Chapel, you know, in 1968, Chuck starts it. California has a fifth largest GDP. We finished the California Aqueduct. It was it was a conservative state, and then, you know, in '68, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. Uh, Bobby Kennedy was shot by Sirhan Sirhan. We had the Tet Offensive, the My Lai Massacre, and and all these young people checked out of the church and went into Eastern religion and experimental drug use. And Chuck and Kay went to minister to all these burned out hippies awash on the shores of California, but avoided politics. And they had 10,000% growth of conversions where, you know, throwing the net out every Sunday, but they never taught them about their responsibility in the ecclesia. And so California, you know, 52 years of 10,000% growth with all these new believers, you'd think that that'd have a profound effect on the sociological aspects of California. Now we have the sixth largest GDP. We have the highest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. Authors of no-fault divorce that Reagan signed. Transgender bathroom bills. The most secular progressive sexual education curriculum is vile. And, and here's the kicker. We, it's estimated we've aborted more children in California because abortion was legal long before 73. It's estimated we've aborted more children in California than the current population of Canada. And we don't just rip the baby apart and flush its remains, you know, into the sewer system of the state. We harvest the organs on the downbeat of the heart. I mean, this this makes Nazi Germany look like Girl Scouts. And so the the church is supposed to be in the public square. And I I, I couldn't see the, the, the separation of that. What am I supposed to do, shelve my Christianity when I go into the voting booth? No, we're supposed to express that. That's where Christians are. Good government happens with good people. Uh, they're, they're, wow. Um, it, it reminds me, there's a, there's a chapter in the book titled The Idol of Evangelism. And that's, exa- you, that's I feel great- like you have described it perfectly. It, we're, we're not supposed to, you know, make converts, make disciples. Disciples of all nations. Of all nations. Boundaries, borders, converts. So the idea that, you know, suddenly oh, all these people are coming to Jesus and you kind of want to say, and so what? Like if they really come into Jesus, it's going to affect their lives. They're going to care uh, about other people and they're going to want to get involved. And that did not happen. And that's that's across America. That's not just California, that the evangelical church somehow got stuck on. We just want people to come to Jesus as though that's going to take care of everything, as though magically um, you know, it's a given that the Holy Spirit will do the rest of the work. And pastors and Christians are supposed to be involved in making disciples. That's the Lord wants to work through us in doing that. But sometimes I've seen the church and pastors in particular use it as an excuse. That's it. Yeah, that's to good. not that's engage. Right. You know, I came from a horrific background of abuse uh, as a kid. So when I came to faith, 
I was actually in the Marines. It was a pretty radical transformation, and that gave me now even more of a, a drive and a passion to stand up for what was right. And you have to do it through laws. You have to do it through proper governance. And right now, I think we're at a critical point. On one, on one aspect, I'm, I'm very happy that we know who's who in the zoo because I had to get rid of a lot of books after the lockdowns of pastors and good writers. Well, listen, spe- right? break that down, what you just said. What you're saying is because of the lockdowns, yeah, because, because of, the, of what oh, happened, yeah. suddenly many of us saw that there were people not willing to stand up. Yep. Like we, we never knew that we had this, there's a great testing of the church that happened in 2020, 2021. We'd never had that before. And many, many, many pastors and Christian leaders failed the test. Yeah. There's two places I've been able to see pastors, uh, lead or show what they're made out of. One is actually in martial arts. Cause we taught it for so long. You, you get somebody in the ring, a pastor, some of the time, Pastors are the most egotistical cowards I've ever seen. Quickest to get angry because they live in a bubble. They just live in a bubble that's their little world and anybody that challenges them. So when somebody's punching them in the face and you're saying, hey, you got to pick your hands up, man. The second place is actually in combat situations where I've brought ministers to Iraq when we were doing recovering rescues or helping kids who are traumatized by ISIS. And, and I would see the heart of some of these men and uh, the good and the bad. And that was only a pre-shadow to what would happen in COVID. And it boils down to fear. There's a lot of men that just, they're just afraid. But what I'm excited about right now is we just, I mean, this week are challenging a gay couple in Colorado that's a well-known YouTuber but he has said things on his show like, let's just pretend I'm a pedophile. Or why is it wrong for me to Google naked babies and ejaculate on the, I mean, it's extreme what he has said. And it's, he's one of the biggest perverts. They just were awarded two babies last Friday. Wait a minute, that pastor? It's not a I pastor. Read, I read about yeah, this. It, no, no, it, I don't mean pastor. I mean, that person, that person I read about that. Yeah. Shane Dawson. Okay, so what you're saying, in other words, this is what it, what it gets down to, is that you would think that everybody would be upset about that and speaking up, first and foremost, the church. Yes. You would expect that when you have a clear case of something vile and harmful to children, that the church would not even hesitate. Right. Because, you, you know, the abortion issue, they can hide, duck and dive. This is two twin boys that are under the care of very dangerous perverts. And if the church doesn't step up, if pastors don't use their platform to say, at all costs, those babies must get rescued, then you really know what these men behind pulpits are made of. Well, the two of you have ministered in places I can't even imagine, and you've, you've actually seen evil. Let's, let's just say what it is, evil, ISIS, okay? Yeah. You've seen evil. It's my uh, estimation that most of us in America, and particularly in the American church, have really forgotten about the evilness of evil. We, 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 we act like, I don't need to be a warrior because, you know, everything is, is different. We're not facing evil. But you've seen evil. You've seen evil against children, 
uh, is that your sense that 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 if people could see evil, they would understand? Oh, you know what? I didn't realize it was that bad. I maybe I better do something. Maybe most pastors or Christian leaders just they're not dealing with what we would call evil. Well, I think the the reality, the sad reality, is we are seeing evil, and there is a complacency going on. And I, I believe that there is a lack of fear of a holy God. So people think they're never going to be held accountable. They're, they're not going to have to deal with it. And it's interesting being over in Muslim countries, we see people, they worship Allah. They're afraid of him because they don't know where they're going to go. But we as believers, as, as Americans, we have access to God's truth and we're ignoring it. So I, I think the blinders are on people. They don't see it for what it really is. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com, legacypminvestments.com. Check it out. Hey, this is Eric Metaxas. For years, I've told you about Nutramedics, a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993. Nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles. Whether you want to support your immune system, improve your sleep, promote joint comfort or detoxification support, Nutramedics has a health bundle right for you. The best part about Nutramedics, every year they donate a minimum of 50% of their profits to Christian charities and missions. That's right, 50% of their profits. Nutramedics has a goal of surpassing $100 million in giving by by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC during checkout. Go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles. Support your health while helping others in need. Go to Nutramedics. That's N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Again, Nutramedics, N-U-T-R-A-M-E-D-I-X.com. Nutramedics.com. Use the code ERIC for 15% off. Welcome back to our roundtable discussion uh, from last month in Phoenix at AmFest about Letter to the American Church. Okay, John, you, you've talked a lot uh, over the years about cultural Marxism, about, about BLM, uh, uh, the, about the LGBTQ, LMNOP, my name is Legion, uh, world. And we are now seeing, and this is the, it, it, the lunacy, we're seeing those groups get behind open anti-Semitism. Uh, and how, what do you make of that, that we're seeing, um, in a sense, you know, the, the demons are coming out of the bushes and we're, we're seeing, uh, this really, really clearly, but the alliance, uh, uh, among those three 
groups the, the, that, you know, pro-Hamas, uh, the LGBTQ uh, lobby, uh, the BLM Marxists. Uh, what do you make of that? The, um, the force behind the BLM movement was the destruction of the image of God, right? Destroy the nuclear family. Uh, push wholesale homosexuality upon the general population. Um, in order for homosexuality to thrive, it requires heterosexuality, right? But let's push a culture that refuses to do it God's way. Right. Let's 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 go against male and female. And let's put two men together. And let's put two women together. You know, that is an attempt to destroy the image of God as well. And now let's resist the apple of God's eye. Right. Let's fight against Israel and let's support Hamas, mm -hmm. further destroying the image of God. I have a new book coming out in May of uh, 2024, entitled Hoodwinked, 10 Lies Americans Believe in the Truth That Will Set Them Free. One of the lies is that transgenders are under attack. And that's not true. You know, we saw in the shooting in Nashville where this wicked woman, um, Audrey Hale, goes into the school and she kills six Christians and uh, the Biden administration really has nothing to say about it. But, hey, we support the transgender community. They're not under attack. Truth is under attack. Yep. The Bible is under attack. The Judeo-Christian principles that made this nation great. America wasn't made great in 2016. It was made great from the infancy. Yeah. You know, our founding fathers enacted a covenant with the God of the Bible. That's what made this nation what it is today. But we see BLM has now been exposed mm -hmm. and the cover has been removed. And they used a strategic marketing plan called jamming. If you keep a thing in front of a person long enough, they become desensitized to it. So let's show the general population support for homosexuality. Let's laud individuals who want to murder a baby. Let's convince the church to side with politicians who think, no, we should do it at 20 weeks. No 12 weeks, no eight weeks. But when we search the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations, we don't see exemptions. We don't see a time frame where the God of the Bible says, yes, you can kill a child then. And so it's a holistic plan to bring about a culture of death. Islam is a political structure disguised as a religion, Sharia law. And, and secular progressivism is a religion disguised as a political structure. And the two feed on each other. And, and they go after any culture that declares absolute truth. So America and Israel, and we believe in absolutes. And so with that being said, that's, that's the it's, it's between what God said and what man said. And in the secular progressive and also Islam, they, they, they come together as a, as a common force towards a common enemy. 
and and what they do is they're ultimately they're going to devour one another um, because in the in the 1040 window where 90 percent of the Muslim world exists, LGBT homosexuals are being thrown off buildings now, n- not in in uh, in um, Gaza because there's no tall buildings left. But that was a joke. Um, and so you, you see this mess that's being created and ultimately they're going to devour themselves. That's what that's that's. That's what happens. It's the law of entropy. It reduces to its least common denominator. But when you talk about the Tytler cycle, from from uh, slavery to faith, faith to freedom, freedom to abundance, abundance to apathy, apathy towards dependence, and then dependence towards slavery, you pointed out, and I love this, Eric, you insert that triangle of freedom, faith, virtue, freedom, anywhere in that cycle, and it resets it. And the church has the ability to reset that cycle. It, 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 the, the Antichrist is, is not God's equal in evil. He's, he's stoppable. Right. And, and God wants us to engage and push back the gates of hell. Gates enslave. But the moral law applied to the civil law will set them free and point them to Christ. We have, we have a great opportunity ahead of us. I've, I've never been more excited. This is a great time to be alive. He picked us for such a time as this. And you talk about occupying in the most practical sense. We know Christ is returning or we're going to go see him. But just like in the good work that Christians do in a variety of fields, for us, if we're to go rescue a kid and we're being shot at or mortared, well, we're still going to try to do the mission because what have we lost? As my wife says, even if we die, haven't we won? Amen. So I think Christians in America need to live like they're going to die because they still win. We're not, in charge, we're not in charge of the outcome, but the obedience. Yeah. Charlie yeah. said that last night. It was great. Yeah, we're supposed to actually believe uh, in the resurrection. Yeah. And if you actually believe in the resurrection, if you actually believe Jesus defeated death on the cross, which every Christian claims to believe, then you have no fear. And we need to live that way. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stop at the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98. These sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Metaxas at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Take advantage of this amazing offer. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Eric at checkout. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-978-3057 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Eric. We now continue the roundtable discussion I had last month in Phoenix about letter to the American church. If the church doesn't wake up and take a stand now, what what is each of you, what is your sense of where we go from here? I tell you, if, if the church continues down the same path, we will witness the dethroning in America of our government, the family, and of the Christian church. You know, in our American 
ignorance and arrogance, we think that this nation can't fall. Mm. Right. When you look at revelations, you don't see America per se, but you see the church. And so I think that we may be past that tipping point where the judgment of God, the thumos, the thumos of God is getting ready to come to this nation. We saw a glimpse of it during the pandemic, right, where tyrants were allowed to lord over us. But I think that as we wag our finger in the face of God and we provoke, we provoke him to anger and wrath, I think that we're going to see God's... Um, hot anger and jealousy because God desires to be in a wholesome relationship with all of his creation and he becomes jealous when he's not. And I think that if we continue down this path, we, we, we will see the removal of our candlestick. And that's the thing that I'm afraid of the most. Pastor Rob, what do you, what do you think? Do you, do you sense that we might turn around or, uh, or if we don't, what happens? Because I know you, uh, everyone here, I think, has inspired somebody to say, you know what? I think maybe I got it wrong. Uh, maybe I need to revisit this. I know people have read the book or, or, or seen the film. They, they basically, you know, you, you, you want to think that people go, you know what? You're right. I, I got it wrong. I want to get it right. I know that that's been the case. What, what is your experience? Have people gotten back to you and said that your voice uh, kind of changed my mind about some of this? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a little more optimistic, I think, than the two, the rest of the folks on the table in the sense that um, the eschatology has, it, it, I call it self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, Calvary's are, Calvary chapels are pre-trip, pre-millennial, and so the next thing on God's day plan is the rapture. And it, it's it's an eschatology developed for an affluent nation, uh, as far as I'm, I, I see it. And and yet, though I am pre-trip, pre-millennial, I've seen it that it's it's caused apathy and and okay, and can inactivity. I, can I translate that into English? Yeah, eschatology okay. is what, a study of the end times. No, I, most people know, but in case you don't, you you you're saying is there are many. Christians, and you mentioned Calvary Chapel, but the point is, there are many Christians across America who say, you know what? It's over. Jesus is going to pull us out of here. There's no sense in doing anything yep. because we're going to get pulled out of the fire. And you can't, you can't find that justification anywhere in the scriptures. He says, occupy until I come. Do business until I come. When he talks about the, the lamps of the virgins and keeping the, the wicks trimmed and all that, he wants us busy about his business. We don't know the day or the hour, but, but if all we're doing is looking at the horizon for his soon return as opposed to preparing for his return— um, and, and, and just using eschatology to, to justify our apathy and then to say, you know, you're participating in a government that's flawed. And, and they say, you know, I, I just preach the gospel. I don't do politics. Politics is dirty. I always say, so is the church. What's your excuse? And then the other one is they say, I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. And I always say, unless Jesus is running for office, you'll always be voting for the lesser of two evils. You're to contend, as you pointed out, John, you're contending for the welfare of those children that Jesus says, you cause one of these to stumble. It'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck, cast in deep association. You're telling me you can't go to a school board meeting and contend for the welfare of your citizens in the community where God has placed you? I'm sorry, that, but the church is waking up to its responsibility. I'm optimistic about it. I sincerely 
really believe there's going to be an awakening and revival in our lifetime. And, and, and we're going to watch this. And everyone who said his soon return, look, I, I, I wish he'd come back yesterday. And if he comes back today, he's going to find me busy. I'm thrilled for his return. But the one thing I do know, all the folks out there that, that just look at every scripture for his, his eminent return and aren't going to the school board meetings, aren't engaging in the ecclesia, they're, they're, going, they're going to have mud on their face because the Lord's going to cause That's an putting awakening. putting it nicely. Well, Victor, you wanted to kind of relate this back to, you know, uh, Israel's war on Hamas. And th- to some extent, that seems to have fueled the fires of cultural Marxism, because behind all of this stuff, what we're, when we say we're fighting evil, and a lot of it is what we can call cultural Marxism. And Marxism is atheistic. Uh, it is ultimately just very spiritually dark. It pretends to be neutral. But you have spent a lot of time in Israel. You're familiar um, with Hamas and with some of these very violent, uh, hateful people in that part of the world. Well, we can speak as a couple who still have a home in Iraq to Christians that have actually been persecuted. And, I mean, we have seen death, dying, suffering, torment, torture from evil, which you spoke of. And I, um, we were in Israel right after the attacks. We deployed out there with our teams. And, and you know what? We found a Messianic church group. A uh, small group of people that had to flee their town because Hamas attacked. So this is where your theology, whatever you believe, gets shook. And now you're entering, you know, not first world issues, but third world of how evil can absolutely uh, ruin your or make you strong in your faith. And I'd say this, America, I think, I don't know if it's God's wrath or the lack of, I just think it could be the consequences of Christians doing nothing. And part of that is Marxism is really, it's, um, it's being funneled in. And I, I really pray, and I, your book could be the last clarion call for the church to wake up. That's what I personally think. And as far as Christ coming back, whether he's coming back to get us or we're going to see him personally, because we'll be in Israel next week. Um, and we face rockets and we've, we've faced it all oh, many times. That can easily come to America, especially with the type of the forest characters that are in America right now. So I don't think it'll be something coming over. I think they're already here. Yep. And the church is the greatest opportunity if pastors stand up, speak up. And, you know, the first book I read as a Christian was The Cost of Discipleship. I was still in the Marine Corps when somebody handed it to me. So that has framed our life on following Christ only as a disciple. Come on. Welcome back to our roundtable discussion uh, from last month in Phoenix at AmFest about Letter to the American Church. All right. So as we go around here, kind of closing up, what are practical things that each of you believes the church can do? There are pastors listening to this. There are leaders in churches listening to this. What are practical things? If somebody says, okay, I kind of get this, what can I do? What what, what are some things, John, that, that you would suggest? Well, you know, putting our faith into action, finding a mission field and adopting it, whether it's going to a local school board meeting, 
whether it's going to an abortion clinic and adopting that abortion clinic and supporting mamas who have, who have found themselves in the ditch, you know, whether it's starting your own school to teach and to train our precious arrows, find a way to do something actively. Pastor Rob, practical f- thoughts. Yeah. What, what can churches do? What can pastors do? So God gave us the moral law, the Decalogue. And, and when the moral law is applied to civil law, it's the wise restraints that will make men free. But if you remove the moral law, civil law becomes a weapon to enslave man. We just saw that with the tyrannical efforts of Governor Mussolini and others. And, and so when, when we're looking to elect officials and, and politicians are actors performing a script written by the audience, if we're going to write that script... Um, then, then there's, there's three questions I typically ask anyone who seeks my endorsement as a candidate. First of all, n- name the seven articles of the U.S. Constitution. Tell me how many amendments there are. And I, it, preferably, I'd like to hear the first ten when you give me the Bill of Rights. And then I, I ask them, please recite for me the Ten Commandments from memory. Because that's going to be the filter of every decision you're going to make. And that moral law applied to civil law will set your citizens free. But, but if you don't know that moral law, what's your governing position? So one God, no idols, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, honor the Sabbath day, honor your mother and father, don't murder, don't commit adultery, two in a marriage, not five, uh, don't steal, uh, don't bear false witness, and don't covet. If they can't recite those, you're not getting my endorsement. Go back and do your homework, because if we start infusing this nation with men and women who understand the moral law to govern civil law, that's going to be, as it says in Galatians 3, the laws of a school teacher, a guardian to point us to Christ until faith comes. So th- that's, that's my push right now. That's my focus in this nation. And we've ignored civics in America. Yeah. Growing up in America, you know, we're not teaching the Constitution, uh, any, any of that stuff. So it's kind of fascinating to me that only when most Americans don't know this stuff can the dark forces come in, uh, globalist, uh, Marxist forces. They, they can only come in when most Americans don't know most of what you just said. That's a, that's a perfect segue for this, because if you're looking at cultural Marxism— and, and these are all oligarchies, it, whether it's fascism or, or, or communism, they're, they're all, the few are ruling the many as opposed to a bottom up government like we have in a constitutional republic. So if you look at co- communism, it's already a violation of two of the Ten Commandments. Don't covet and don't steal. So th- that's out. That's just not going to be sufficient to govern mankind. The, the protection of private property, that the number one book of all the books of our founders quoted is Deuteronomy. They looked at the Constitutional Republic of Israel to, to fashion our own government. So the pastors have a responsibility to reinstill that in, in the culture. Mm. All right. Practical steps. Eileen, what can churches, Christian leaders do? I would say take the idea of spiritual warfare seriously. Because this is what is causing all these problems. It is good against evil. It is light against dark. Take it seriously in your home and understand that there is so much programming coming in if you don't allow it, if if you don't eliminate it and recognize how people are being programmed and they're being controlled. And it has to start in the home unit. Husbands and wives and children understand that if we have this strong unit at home, then we're going to be a stronger community. And what do you mean, just to be clear, when you say spiritual warfare? Oh, I'm talking the enemy 
is is against people. He is attacking people. He is using all these social issues in his favor, and he's winning a lot of ground. We as Christians have to stand up and and take our place. I want to thank all of you for being uh, part of this conversation and for what you do. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You bless me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.